Uh, good morning, Goshen Church. I um, has been introduced already, but I want again to say that uh, greetings to you from Resonate Global Mission. I work for and we help many missionaries, and I'm so glad that you are always uh, tradition for tradition partnering with Resonate Global Mission. Uh, we also do some church planting, working with established churches. Uh, in the last six years since I came to be part of Resonate on the East Coast, uh, we have been very blessed to have had um, 18 new church planters in the region. And uh, your church is one that right, began a new one in Spanish, so that's great. But we have Spanish, Koreans, Anglo, African-Americans, um, you name it. All, it's, it's, it's such a diverse group of church planters, and I'm so glad that God is blessing us with people who are still decide to bring the Word of God and still um, are willing to make an effort to, to go into ministry, right? So, hey, thank you. <clears throat> Today we are going to be um, studying uh, on the book of Isaiah, and you may already know, right, uh, many of these um, uh, verses that are, are very common in this time of Christmas, right, like Isaiah 9.6 or 7.14. So we're going to do 9.6 today. <clears throat> and even though I am sure that you have heard many sermons about this, I know that it is always refreshing to be reminded about, and that's why we do Christmas. Why do we do every year? Because we don't want to forget what God has done for us. And the scripture uh, can remind us again and again. And there is always something new that God brings as we dig into uh, the Word of God. So let me pray. So God will bless us as we hear the, uh, the Scripture today. Lord Jesus, you gave us <clears throat> the Bible. You gave us all these 66 books and uh, the message in it. And the message is all about the Christ, the common Messiah, how you create the world, how you, uh, Lord God, also save us from our fallen nature and the expectation that you will, Lord God, don't just came once and save us, Jesus, but also a second coming that we are waiting for. And we also had that expectation. Um, Bless us as we talk about the scripture that you have given us through the Holy Spirit, through many men and women, and may that be real today in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, <clears throat> I don't want to confuse different pages. This is what, what uh, Isaiah 9.6 says. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulder, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So for the people in those days, I mean, they were waiting for the Messiah, and they were just giving, you know, a little bit of pieces of what that Messiah will look like, how this Messiah 
was going to do, you know, or achieve the expectations of the people of Israel. And when we go through the description of the Messiah, right, um, some things don't quite match with the expectations. Some of the expectations, they were too low, and some other expectations, they were too high, too much. And we're not going to um, center on the too low, but just to say a little bit of that, right, because we're going to stress more about the, the too high. But the too low is like the Messiah, right, this child, Where does he, or was he supposed to come from? Of course, from the, from, from the people of Israel. But it happens that he came from a very obscure little tiny village that no one was expecting to. So the expectation will be more like, oh, you know, he was born uh, from a, a privileged uh, a family. Uh, in one of the, the palaces or something like that, right? But uh, he came from a very humble, poor family, from a very tiny village, and was not even able to be born in a hotel, right? Because there was no space for it, and Mary has to give birth to baby Jesus in a manger. So, but, but then also, I mean, that was like surprising, right? Um, on the other hand, we have this one child who is called to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God. God? I mean, we're talking about wonderful counselor, right? That make us more related to, right? We, we understand what counselors do. Um, wonderful counselor, okay. So we do have wonderful counselors in our human uh, expectations here, right? So we can relate to it. But a mighty God, counselor, but also God at the same time, everlasting father. Well, we do have fathers, but everlasting fathers, prince of peace. And so... Hey, let's go a little bit more on this, right? So, so this is Advent. Advent is the time in which we celebrate, we remember that God sent his only son, the Messiah, the promised one, and that he came to be among us and to live among us, to give his own life, to save us from the consequences of the our rebellion from the very beginning, Adam and Eve. So in him, we have our wonderful counselor. So let's go from there first, okay? Wonderful counselor. Uh, oh, actually, I want to add a little bit more of this, that the context. For to us, a child is born, and to us, a son is given. So this, this is a gift, right? It's a given. So God is giving us his only child, his only son, is, is the greatest gift that we have ever received if we see it with our spiritual eyes. It's given to us. 
So then um, John 3.16, all we know, right? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that's, that's the gift. That's, that's the nature of God, right? Given to us. It, it, it is done. Now, he said that the government should be upon his shoulder. And that is another dimension of this Jesus. It's another dimension of this Messiah. And Isaiah 22, 22 says, I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. So this Messiah is someone whom it is earthly speaking, this one I would say, um, needy child within this needy neighborhood with needy parents. And at the same time, this is going to happen. Uh, the, the whole development of Jesus' um, ministry on earth will go to the highest possible. Well, I think um, it is good to remember all the time where is our position as human beings and what is it that we need. And according to the Bible, we need, uh, as a falling, in our fallen nature, right? God created us, Adam and Eve, and they were able to communicate with God face to face until we decide to disobey. And that really killed us like this. It killed our communication with God. It kills our um, statue before God. And then from there, we decide that we were going to hide because that communication was broken because we felt that we did something wrong, even though Adam was saying like, oh, I just felt that I was um, naked, and, and uh, I didn't want you to see me naked. And Jesus said, God says, since when did you feel that way, right? So it's almost like acting like this child, childish way, right? When they do something wrong, um, we don't know what happened. We couldn't even know if something happened unless... I see their behavior, right? It's kind of weird behavior, right? So that was, that was Adam, and that was from the very beginning. <clears throat> so God, Emmanuel, this God that came to us. So when we talk about God and how the Jewish used to see God, right? And, and, and rightly so, Right? Is this God of the highest? Right? Um, who can see God if God is holy? We are only humans. But then God decided to come and dwell among us, Emmanuel, God with us. Thus, unheard ever in the history of humanity that, that the gods will dwell and live among the people. 
Dinora and I, we had the opportunity to go to Egypt, and that was this summer. And we went to the, the holy city. And, 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 and all these statues of the, the, de the deities, right? Um, these animals, like a lion body with a kind of goat head. And, and, and the pool, where all, only the priests could go over there, not even the kings or queens. They couldn't go in there, only the priests. That was the holy city. And because the gods could not mingle with regular people. Here we have the Father, the creator of all things that we can see and we cannot see, sending his only son to dwell among his people, to be among his people. That's why we are celebrating that he decided to me to be one of us and become for us a counselor, a mighty counselor. So what a mighty counselor do or does? Well, all we know, well, I know, I think the first idea I have is more like a psychologist, right? Mighty counselor. Oh, you need a counselor, right? Uh, someone who you can talk to and the person is able to listen to you and uh, ask you good questions and uh, maybe lead you into some kind of um, discovery about yourself, right? Um, maybe someone who has a good word of, of uh, encouraging you. But when we are saying um, mighty counselor, um, it's, it's more than just counseling, right? Um, when we are talking about that, the mighty counselor is the one who also came to us from God, this described the, the kingly wisdom of a monarch such as Solomon. He will lead, or he will be a leader who will always make the best decisions in every scenario and give unfailing counsel to his subjects. So the word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. The Messiah will cause us to be full of wonders. It is this scheme uh, Kim is this person who is in the high court making decisions that are wonderful decisions for us. You know, King Solomon was probably the wisest man ever on earth beside Jesus Christ. And he was greatly admired for his decisions, right? That was the, the wisest man well, this is the counselor that we're talking about. It is this king that made decisions that lead well, that lead his people well. I think Proverbs tells about, right, a wise king leads the people well, and, and they prosper. A fool king will lead the people straight and in the wrong path. So when we're talking about wonderful counselor, it is uh uh, this, this man that will be able to take the, the perfect decisions for his people. And that's what we have, full of wonders, right? Well, we use the word wonderful so lightly, right? Oh, you know, 
what a wonderful day because it's shiny and because it is not rainy or so. Today doesn't look like a wonderful day, right, uh, for some people. So we use wonderful often, right? <clears throat> what a wonderful cake you cook or so. But when we're talking about wonders, wonders is what Jesus did on this earth. Wonders. People get, get astonishingly, uh, I would say, shocked by what he did. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He walked on waters. He stopped the storms. And so on. So that's, that's the wonderful counsel, right? Okay, so what else do we say on that, or do we have in that scripture? We say, um, the expectation to be a mighty God. So mighty is a translation from the Hebrew word, givor. We define the word as a strength, power, hero, warrior. So Isaiah 9.6 tells us that this child is the givor given to us, the strength, the power. But everlasting father, oh, excuse me, um, so in, in Hebrew, the title God Almighty is written as El Chadai, right? So we hear that El Chadai, El Chadai is the, the God, God, the Almighty One, the powerful one. So here we began to see well, later on, we're going to see a little bit about the Heidelberg Catechism, right? We began to see this child, right, born in a manger, a simple family, and at the same time, a mighty God. And then when we began to collect all the theology of who is Jesus, then we come to a conclusion to say, more than a simple man. And then everlasting father. Not all we have the best fathers. Uh, actually, I, I, I can't even say um, that we always think that our fathers could have done better. Right? Because humanly speaking, you know, even in our best of our possibilities, we always fell short. But an everlasting father, the one that, the, one of the, the kind of father that um, it is always there, it's always, his counseling is always perfect. His might is, is so strong that he can always be there and be on our side. That's what we will be happy to, to have. That will be the kind of father, right, that we will be happy to have. Maybe when, when we are little, we are children, we may think about our parents or that way, right? Like, oh, no one like my father. My father can beat you, right? So, so our parents are, are just the greatest, right? Um, most of the cases, that's what we, we grew up when we were little, right? Until later on, we find that it's no so. Right? Not too fast to say so. Um, and still, we would love to see our parents to be everlasting, right? Even with the shortcoming, we will still like to see our parents to be forever. Uh, none, right? We have a, our days are count. And still, we have an everlasting father. 
Well, I remember my son at some point said, I don't know we were, what kind of conversation we had, but he says, oh, um, something about parenting. He said, you are a fake father. And we're like, well, what do you say? What do you mean by I'm a fake father, right? And he said, like, yeah, our father, God. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I understand. Then I was like, yeah, sure, I am a fake father, right? I mean, like, can I compare myself with, I cannot even compare with the best parents. Some other parents are even better than the parents and I did, right? So, but God the Father is the ultimate, right, father that we can, we can have. And um, someone wrote this, and I thought that that was so well said. This child to be born will become a king who will be a father to the children of Israel. He will protect and provide for them, and his role as protector and provider will not be limited by aging or death. So, yeah, that's God our Father. And then Prince of Peace, right? Prince of Peace, um, I think over here is, we still figure out, right? How do we explain this? I am the one who I see the news every day, like every day. I am almost like addicted to it. Um, and and I, I, I keep track of what is going on in Israel, in the world with Hamas, and uh, Ukraine, and so forth. And I long, right? And, and, and this is just me from far away. What about the people in there, right? The ones who've lost their relatives or are in the middle. Um, I, I, my heart aches for the soldier that has to go over there, right? And um, risk their lives in the middle of the winter. It, it's just awful. It's awful. And this is called the Prince of Peace. So that's, that's interesting, right? Because we live in, in a time that we call the uh, now and not yet, right? Yes, now we can enjoy to know that we are free from sins because someone paid for our, for our sins, right? Which is death. Someone died for us. Um, yes, now we can, we can already say that we can enjoy that peace that the Messiah says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Right? It's, it's, it's a, something special as a child of God. And still I see so much pain around, right? So the no yet is what we are looking for. So what it was given to Isaiah over there a thousand years ago was a little glimpse of the coming of Jesus Christ. And what is was given to us in Jesus Christ still no yet 100% until he comes. So that will be the end of time when he comes and then he will judge everyone and then the scripture says we will be with him forever. So we are living in this limbo, right? A little bit of like, yes, we know we are safe. Yes, we know that Jesus paid a price for us. But we are still in pain. We are still receiving, right, uh, 
we are still living in this world, right? So anyway, Jesus didn't say that life was going to be easy. Actually, he said it was going to be hard. And we should understand that persecution will come. Um, and still we can experience that being together with Christ. Hmm? So finally, um, so what kind of Messiah is this? Hmm? What kind of child is this that is what given to us? What kind of mediator or deliverer, right? If this child is given to us for a purpose, what kind of child is he? And Heidelberg Catechism, Q&A 15 says, one who is a true and righteous human, yet more powerful than all creatures, that is, one who is also a true God. Then, who is this mediator? Question 18. True God and in, at the same time a true and righteous human, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was given to us to complete, completely deliver us and make us right with God. Thus, the Lord Jesus our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to read it again, who was given to us to completely deliver us and make us right with God. And I think that when we understand that we were dead in our sins and trespassing our sins, Romans 3.23, and that the world, the whole world nature, our nature is just to go against God. And we need a savior. And we cannot help ourselves. If we cannot help ourselves, who can help us? And that's the one who is the wonderful counselor. At the same time, in mighty God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's what we remember, and we should remember always. At the end, I love this. I love what it is in Revelation at the end. You know, the Revelation 21, 22, the promise is that there will be no tears, there will be no pain, there will be no sickness, because God will be there, and we will see him. And, and, and all creatures, um, you know, it says, um, Then I look and I heard the voice of many angels around the, th the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousand or thousand, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was lame to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such are in the sea. And all that are in them are heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Amen. So we join the angels in worshiping God 
And today we can experience that. But yet, I am, and we should be, saying like the scripture and in Revelation, come Lord Jesus, yes, come. God bless you.